The other day I smelled this protein powder that took me way back into my college days where I would get up at 5 a.m., hop on the bus. Actually, no, I would walk over to the gym um, across campus. And then after my workout at like 5.45 a.m., I would hop on the bus back to my dorm. And every single day without fail, I would have this exact protein drink. It was disgusting. It was Vega 1, so it was like vegan chocolate protein, but it has a very distinct smell. And now whenever I smell like a vegan chocolate protein powder, I just think back to that day and then I just smell like dirty bus and it's just not a good combination. So I was thinking, about that and then I was like gosh I wish somebody told me way back then that I did not have to down protein shakes directly after my workout because I was like thinking that if I didn't down a protein shake afterwards then I wouldn't grow muscle um my my progress wouldn't you know happen it's just I wish that somebody told me that that's not how building muscle actually works and I'm so grateful that I know that now but it got me thinking like what did I wish I knew when I started my my health journey my fitness journey when I lost all of that weight um and it made me think about all the girls that are probably starting their health journeys this year even right now it's still if you're listening to this when I when I put this episode out it's February still it's very new into 2024 and a lot of you are probably starting your health journeys um, and are starting to get in a good rhythm with everything a lot of you are probably you know trying to put on muscle or to have a lifestyle transformation or to lose weight and so if that's you then this is the episode that you need to listen to because I'm going to drop all the tips that I wish I had learned when I first started when I first started to I remember thinking to myself there's so much information out there I don't want to make any mistakes and I'm not going to because of the fact that social media is flooded with education and that's true there's a lot of education out there there's a lot of ways that you can um, become very knowledgeable in your health journey how to work out how to eat what to eat properly you know stuff like that but no matter who you are no matter what you're doing you're gonna make some mistakes along the way because fitness is not black and white at all whatsoever it's not one size fits all so information that somebody might give you might not be even you know relatable to you might not even be something that you can utilize so that's what this episode is all about I'm gonna be breaking down all the things that I wish I knew in addition to like talking through a few pillars in regards to starting your fitness journey you know what you should be focusing on what you don't need to think about um, what you shouldn't waste your energy and time on etc So why don't we kick it off with the one that I was just talking about, drinking mounds of protein, like dry scooping, practically casein right after your workout. You don't have to have protein directly after your workout. I know this is a misconception. I know people say that you have to, in order to build muscle, you have to have X amount of amounts of protein. Um, And it's true, but there isn't a specific window of time in which you should be getting your protein in regards to when you did your workout. This is a complete myth. If you have a protein shake right after your workout, like sure, it's going to add up into your daily um, protein goal and your daily protein target. Therefore, you might get a little bit more protein in your day and that in turn might help you build build that muscle, build that, you know, amazing foundation. But in terms of a window, there's no window. There's no like magical time in which you should be eating your protein, drinking your protein. It's not going to like 
just flood through your body right after your workout and like go straight to your glutes like that's just not not the case at all I wish it kind of was because it would kind of make things a little bit easier but it just doesn't work like that so do not fret you don't have to down millions and millions of pounds of protein powder directly after your workout what you should be focusing on in terms of protein is just having a good protein goal in general and now this is different for everybody this is another misconception I wish I knew this when I first started coaching I used to say one pound of protein or what? No, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now that is a really great rule of thumb in, you know, general population, but it's not um, something that everybody should go by or needs to go by. For instance, if you're not trying to build muscle, you don't have to have a gram per pound of body weight. The RDI is actually a lot less than that. Now it should you be going by the RDI? Probably not because in general, people should be eating a little bit more protein than what the RDI even states. Like you shouldn't be eating like 60 to 80 grams of protein. I think on average, at least with the girls that I've worked with, every single girl that I've worked with at least aims for 100 to 115 grams. And that's like very minimum. But I wish that I knew that I didn't have to down like 160 grams of protein. At the end of my deficit, when I was losing weight, I was eating so much protein to the point where I had knots in my stomach. And this wasn't my own doing. It was my coach's doing. I definitely knew that there was something up with this. And I kind of understand like her reasoning because I was very low in calories. So she was probably trying to bring my protein up as much as possible so I can keep as much muscle on. So when it comes to the actual strategy that she was going with, it kind of makes sense, but it didn't make me feel good. So you kind of had to like give some, lose some. When you, if you are starting your fitness journey, I guess the number one thing that I need you to focus on is protein and how much you should be eating for your specific goal. If you're trying to put on muscle, yes, you need to prioritize it, but please know that you don't have to eat like mass amounts of it. You don't have to down it, you know, right after your workout. You don't have to pay that much attention to how much you're eating in which sitting. It's easier if you front load your protein in the beginning of the day and then try to like evenly spread it out throughout the rest of the day. If you have a meal with more protein in it, your body will still absorb it. That's another misconception that your body won't absorb your protein if you have like a lot of protein in one sitting no your body will still absorb it but it is better if you spread it out throughout the day better for digestion better for a lot of things but your body will still absorb it if you have more in one sitting so like a lot of things in life it really isn't as complicated as people make it seem just have a really good protein goal um, in accordance to your body weight your your goals in regards to building muscle spread it out throughout the day good quality protein don't eat 30 gallons of whey powder whatever it might be eat whole nutrient-dense foods that have a good amount of protein in them you will thank yourself later there are a few pillars that I do want to talk about in regards to starting your fitness journey and this goes well beyond just choosing the right workout eating the right things drinking enough water I want to talk about the habitual actions that you should be implementing in your day-to-day in order to see results in your fitness journey whether you are trying to lose weight build muscle have a life style transformation, etc. So pillar number one is to have a program and a plan. So when you walk into the gym, if you're walking into the gym blindly without knowing exactly what you're doing at every given moment, you are automatically setting yourself up for failure. So failing to plan is planning to fail. I'm sure you've heard that, but it is proven and simply a fact, especially when it comes to um, figuring out what you're doing in the gym and then also in regards to eating. 
if you don't know what you're going to be eating that day, it, you're, you are setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for not hitting your protein goals because a lot of the times, especially if you're not really too knowledgeable with you know what is in each given food, you're going to think that you're eating more protein than you are or you're going to think that you're eating less fat than you are. For instance, a lot of people think that there's a lot of protein in eggs and peanut butter. Like Those are two big ones that I always hear and those two things hold not a lot of protein at all whatsoever. Sure, they're really nutrient-dense foods. They should be eaten for sure. Um, maybe eggs a little bit more than peanut butter, but they, regardless, they both have nutrients that should be ingested. Absolutely. But my whole point is that if you don't plan out your days beforehand, especially if you have a busy schedule, you might be setting yourself up for disaster and not hitting your goals for the day. And then if you don't hit your goals today, then the likelihood of you hitting your goals tomorrow is little to none. This includes going to the gym, like I was just stating before, have a program, have a coach, have somebody who's in your right corner telling you exactly what to do, paving the road for you. Um, And if you don't have a coach, have yourself a really, really thought out workout program, have movement in your program that you know exactly what you're doing so when you get into the gym there's no guessing involved because if you have to guess when it comes to a workout or an exercise your confidence is going to plummet and then you're going to get inside your head think that people are staring at you when it's just not the case and then you're just going to feel so 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 insecure to the point where you're going to want to leave the gym I'm saying this because I've experienced it and so I am telling you as somebody who's experienced it the way to fix this is to have a plan have somebody who has paid the road for you already seriously study the movements that you're going to be doing that day and if you have a plan a also have a plan b so if you get to the gym and the area that you are going to go in or the machine that you're going to work on is taken have a plan b have something that you're doing instead whether this be going to the next exercise or doing a another movement that follows the same kind of movement pattern and does the exact same thing in regards to what muscle you're hitting in which way Now, we know that when it comes to diet and nutrition, if you have a specific goal of weight loss, let's say, you, of course, need to be eating in a calorie deficit. That's proven. There's nothing that can be argued against that. However, are there certain foods that will help you stay within these guidelines? Yes. So I would like to say the next pillar is 80% foods that grow from the ground, aka 80% of your foods should be made of whole foods. This follows the guidelines of what I call flexible dieting. It's what I go by. It's what I kind of have my clients go by. Um, But basically what this means is that 80% of your foods will come from a nutrient dense source. And then the rest of the percentage of your calories for the day will come from what I call fun foods. I'm not calling them bad foods. I don't really label foods in general because I feel like every food has a time and a place um i think that chocolate has a time and a place and usually the time and place is on the couch at night watching a tv show just like vegging out that's my that's my definition of it but um if i if you start to label foods and say oh this food's good for you this food's bad for you then what's going to happen i feel like human nature is to crave the thing that we feel like we can't have um so if you start to label them then maybe you're going to start to crave the thing that is quote unquote you know like unreachable or or not good or you shouldn't have so I call them fun foods foods that bring me like a little bit of joy uh, might not bring me as much nutrients as other foods might but you know brings me a little bit of happiness in the day so this allows flexibility into your diet but as long as you're staying within your caloric means depending on what your goal is obviously it's different for everybody you're going to be hitting your goals seamlessly so it's an 80 20 rule basically but the way that I explained it is flexible dieting so you're not dieting 
but you're just being flexible with your lifestyle choices. Most of your food is going to be nutrient-dense foods, mostly foods that you know grow from the ground, have a lot of fiber, have a lot of vitamins, minerals, etc. And then the rest of your diet is going to consist of fun foods. So this could mean like you have a whole day of eating nutrient-dense foods and then like one day of the week you might have a little bit more of like a flexible day where you're having more fun foods. Or this could even mean 80% of your calories for the day are nutrient-dense foods and then the other 20% on that day is fun foods. So it really depends on how you want to structure things. It's different for everybody um, and it, it works better for every single person like di in different ways. This goes for um, mainly people who are trying to lose weight and gain muscle, but treat your weight loss like a business. Okay, this sounds kind of weird, but hear me out. When, I, when you start a business, you need to have an exit plan, like a strategy of what you're going to do slash a series of events that will occur if your business fails and if you need to, you know, do something else. So now it's a little bit different once you lose weight. So what I mean by having an exit plan is have a series of events that will take place directly after your weight loss is over. So after you've successfully lost the weight. So if you go straight from your weight loss journey back into eating like you did previously, what's going to happen? You're going to gain that weight back inevitably because now once you lose weight, you're a smaller unit and smaller units burn less naturally than bigger units do. So having an exit plan means having a reverse diet to increase your maintenance calories back up slowly but surely so that way you could be eating like you know like a good amount you don't have to be eating in a caloric deficit forever but once these um, maintenance calories are up what's going to happen is you can eat a little bit more but stay at the same weight that you were after you've lost the weight and how does this happen so there's something called metabolic adaptation it is exactly what it sounds your metabolism adapts to what you do over time so um, just like when we decrease calories when you're losing weight your metabolism metabolism is going to adapt to the calories that you're dropping them to. So this, that's why when you're in a weight loss journey, you want to slowly decrease your calories over time because inevitably you're going to plateau. So let's say you're starting at 1900 calories. Start by decreasing it to 1800. After a little bit, your body's going to adapt to that and it's going to call, um, kind of call like the 1800 calorie number your new norm per se. So and then what you're going to do after it plateaus with that number, you're going to decrease them again and then decrease them again and you're, the pattern is going to repeat. Now, now you're at a place where you're at like, I don't know, 1500 calories. You've lost all the weight that you want to lose. What's going to happen now? You're going to stay there or are you going to reverse diet? You probably should reverse diet because because your hunger might be through the roof at this point and you shouldn't stay at a low amount of calories for a long time because at all times in our life, the goal should be to have as healthy of a metabolism as possible. So what you're going to do is you're going to do the reverse. You're going to slowly increase from 1500 to 1600. And then once your body, you feel like it's used to that for a couple of weeks, you're going to go from 1600 to 1700, 1700 to 1800 and keep on going until your body is now in a surplus. So you, the goal is to get your yourself to like a new maintenance calorie and your body will adapt to it stick to it and you'll feel better overall so have an exit strategy for your weight loss the next pillar is to find happiness at every corner this kind of is like a weird pillar to go by when it comes to um you know having a fitness journey but weight loss and muscle gain is a journey in and of itself and if you don't find contentment with where you are at every given moment 
you will never find yourself feeling happy and proud of the work you've already accomplished. I'm not saying to settle for a complacency at all whatsoever or to quote, you know, like love yourself through every part of the journey. That kind of sounds woo to an extent that is kind of true, but I don't want to use that kind of verbiage. I more so mean to fill every moment with gratitude for what your body has accomplished already and then strive to be 1% better than you were the day before. Never strive for complacency. That's kind of that's kind of what I mean. Strive to be a little bit better, a little bit better, and be proud of yourself for what you've gone through, what your body does day to day. The fact that we even have like natural cues to wake up and the fact that our bodies go through the motions every single day, you don't even understand what your body is doing to keep you alive on the daily basis. Our bodies are so complex to the point where it's it's almost comical how little we know about them. The next pillar is to give 100% effort every single day. Now, you probably have heard people say otherwise because you're not going to be able to give 100% effort every single day, right? Well, that's actually completely false. However, your 100% effort will look different every single day. Some days you're going to be filled with energy. You're going to seamlessly hit your steps, do your workout, hit a PR in the gym, eat a very well-rounded diet. You're not going to skip meals, etc. And that will be 100% of your energy taken up for that day. However, on other days, your 100% effort is going to look like, I don't know, a slower morning, um, hitting your steps and not doing a lift, drinking coffee a little bit later than you normally would, maybe even after or before I mean, you had water. So what I mean, not necessarily the best circumstances, but that will be 100% of your effort some days. So you need to be okay with the fact that some days will look different than others. Um, Give yourself a little bit of grace because at the end of the day, we're just human beings and fitness and our health should not take up and saturate the entirety of our lives. But in fact, it should enhance um, what our lives are. So your fitness schedule should be um, made to fit into your day-to-day schedule, not the other way around. And 100% effort is going to look different when you have, I don't know, if you're a shift worker, maybe you work nights. Your 100% effort that day is going to look different than the days where you've had like a six-week straight of working day shifts and only going in a couple times a week or whatever it might be. If you're a mom, if your kid is sick, your day today is going to look a little bit different versus when your kid is in daycare or your kid is um, going through the motions of day-to-day life. So you have to work with the ebbs and flows of life and understand that your 100% effort is going to look different. However, just because 100% effort looks different every single day does not mean that you can just like wake up some days and choose to just work at 20%, even though you do have the capacity to work at a higher percentage of your effort. Because if you if you want to be successful in your fitness journey, you're going to have to learn to develop discipline, do the hard things, repetitiveness over and over and over and over again, doing the hard things. One thing I wish people did tell me before starting my fitness journey as a whole is that spot reducing fat is quite literally impossible. I know that people talk about this, but I feel like some people still believe it, so I had to say it. You cannot target fat loss in any specific areas. 
I wish I knew this because it would have saved me many hours of doing crunches in my bedroom at the ripe age of 14 at around 2 a.m. I don't know. I don't know if anybody relates to this, but I would just wake up and something inside of me would be like, I have to do a thousand crunches or a thousand push-ups or whatever it might be, like testing my strength at 2 a.m. What the heck is wrong with me? But yeah, no, spot reducing absolutely cannot happen. What you can do is you can aim to build muscle in the targeted areas that you want to see more of like a sculpted look and then try to, you know, lose fate with lose fat on top of that therefore you know you will be you will have a good amount of muscle and then be lean enough to show it um therefore that will give you like the toned look that you're looking for but spot reducing yeah no I kind of wish it was a thing I think everybody does but absolutely cannot happen and lastly the number one thing that I feel people still do not talk about supplements supplements are supposed to do what is in the name they're supposed to supplement they're supposed to add you know a little little bits of the gaps on top of your diet and they should not take place of whole nutrient dense foods and I feel like a lot of people kind of glorify supplements they're spending 50 60 dollars a month on these powders these pills whatever they may they might be when the first thing that we should be looking at is our diet and how much we are getting of each and everything in the foods that we are eating. For instance, magnesium is a big one. If you've listened to the podcast before or have even like followed me on any social media channels, you know that I am obsessed with talking about magnesium because a lot of people are deficient in it naturally. It is something that I do supplement with because I know that I'm low in it. And I know this because of the fact that in my diet, when I've tracked my intake, I have seen that I only eat like naturally around 200 milligrams of magnesium a day. And for women, you're supposed to be eating between 300 and 350 milligrams per day. And I think that people actually forget that things like magnesium is in food. You get it you get it in food primarily and then if you are low in it, if you are deficient in it, if you need more of it, first try to increase the intake of food that you're eating that has a lot of magnesium in it. But then sure you can supplement on top of it to fill that tiny little missing hole, but it should not be filling a gaping massive hole. Supplements should be the the last thing that you go to. And in order for you to figure out what supplements you should be taking, you should be getting blood tests as well. Like a lot of people just listen to people on the internet. When in reality, like what I always say this, I think I've actually said this about five times on this podcast, but I feel like I just need to preach it off of the rooftops because I feel like a lot of people believe this. When you see somebody on social media telling telling you what supplements they're taking, it's because that's what they need and what they could be low in. For instance, you could also be high and you have no idea. And so if you go by that person's supplement routine, you might actually be harming yourself more. Now, there are certain things like magnesium, for instance, where like most of the population is already deficient in it. So if you supplement with it, it's probably not going to harm you. You're not going to overdose on on magnesium. It's just simply not going to happen. But that's like a very easy supplement to get your hands on. There are a lot of other supplements like even greens powders. You do not need a greens powder. Focus first and foremost on getting your fiber through nutrient-dense whole foods. It's better for you. You're going to feel better. And then if you want to add those greens as like another option in your day-to-day life as a regime, like absolutely go for it. Sometimes I'll have greens mainly for the taste, honestly, because I kind of just enjoy it. But I wish people really stressed to me in the beginning how supplements are not 
you know, the number one thing that you should be prioritizing. Absolutely prioritize the natural vitamins and minerals that you get through food. Even sprinkles of little things like bee pollen, for instance, has vitamin B in it. Focus on the little things that you can add into your diet day to day um, instead of just like taking a pill and calling it a day, you know? This will save you a whole lot of money as well. And all in all, you'll probably feel just a whole lot better. Focusing on adding things into your diet minus taking them away, even if you are on a weight loss journey, that is going to help you so much. I almost can't even comprehend it. I can't put it into words how much you're going to thank yourself for doing that. Healthy swaps and healthy addition. Those are the two things that we can we could be focusing on. Like for instance, Greek yogurt, a perfect swap for sour cream. Swap those two out. You're getting more protein, probiotics, so many, so many benefits, and it doesn't even taste different. You are adding minerals, vitamins, nutrients into your diet. You're not taking anything away now because you've just done a healthy swap. It's like a super, super easy, mindless thing that you can do. So that is something that I wish somebody definitely told me. I feel like there are so many more, so maybe I'll even do a part two to this because I don't want you to be sitting here for like an hour and a half because I feel like I could ramble on about this topic. So all in all, those are the pillars and the things that I wish I knew when I first started my health and fitness journey. I'm sure, again, like I I will probably think of a thousand more and do a part two to this just because I feel like there's so much to be said. It is actually crazy how much rating the podcast does help me and I'm pretty new to this, so it would be super, super appreciated. And also check me out on all my other social media channels as well because I give so many other tips just like this, especially on my TikTok account, I just dump fire a whole ton of things that are on my mind in regards to nutrition, health, fitness, um, wellness in general. So that is it for this week's episode. Stay tuned till next week and I hope you all have a fabulous rest of your day. Bye.